Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Well, uh, back by popular demand, biblical counselor, our good friend Laurel Slade Wagner. And the reason why we had her on so soon after her previous visit is because we had the phone lines jammed. People wanted to connect with her. That's right. So we had her on again. And guess what? The phone lines were jammed again. We couldn't Once get to all the calls. That's, that's quite the compliment, <laughs> isn't it? Because she's so knowledgeable and so nice. Yeah. And the calls... We're uh, stupendous, really. Mm. Uh, very meaningful as well. Uh, if you'd like to plug into our resources, you can text CRAZY to 888-777-6810. And uh, she practices uh, in Tampa Bay, just so you know. All right. Let's see. Where am I going to dive in? Oh, yeah. Let's join the conversation right here. Laurel's back with us. Uh, she's one of our favorite people on the face of the planet, sincerely. Let's go to Polk County, first up, and Anonymous. Anonymous, good morning. We're glad you called. Uh, what's your question? Hi, good morning. Um, it's actually a follow-up question from two weeks ago. I called in and asked about, you know, when she's great, she's great. When she ate, she ate. So my follow-up question is just trying to discern between, like, Perhaps it's a bipolar or another personality disorder other than narcissism. And there is suspicion that um, she is on some sort of medication, but even by her own admission at times, she will stop taking it because she's feeling better. Um, There is so much confusion about the the different psychiatric disorders um, because th- there's a lot of overlap in symptoms. So even within personality disorders, th- there's a lot of overlap. So uh, for example, borderline personality disorder, it got its name because it borders on all of the different personality disorders. So it it has narcissism in it. It has um, avoidance in it. It has um, dependence in it. And so it, it takes all of those different personality disorders. Narcissism, also, there's a lot of overlap. So, But the, the thing is, even if someone is bipolar, which is a mood disorder, which is different than a personality disorder, so a personality disorder is going to rear its head uh, in the context of relational interactions. So if someone upsets someone who has a personality disorder, that's where you're going to get a lot of the rage and um, them trying to get you to make decisions out of fear, obligation, or guilt. They treat you with a lack of empathy. Um, They're totally rigid in their thinking. That's the definition of a personality disorder, which if you go back to the Bible, that's the definition of foolishness or a mocker. And so um, God knows all of this. We just use different language today than we did in the Bible. Uh, so the thing is, even if someone has a mood disorder like bipolar, that their triggers, that's biochemical in nature. So you can kind of track, when I work with bipolar disorder, I would have them track uh, a, a mood, like a mood chart because it's very rhythmic. You can see that they have these, these um, specific seasons of, of grandiosity and a lot of energy, and then they start to go down and they're either depressed or very frustrated and irritable, and you can kind of track this rhythmic motion. So it's biochemically triggered, whereas a personality disorder is triggered by a relational 
interaction. Even if someone has a mood disorder like bipolar, they need to be taking their meds consistently so that they don't have such high highs and such low lows. And so if they refuse to take the medication, that's where there's some overlap. That's narcissistic. That's not, that's foolish because they're not listening to wisdom. They're not listening to advice. And so we interact with them as if they have a personality disorder because they're behaving foolishly. So I don't know if that helps you, Anonymous. Um, yes, and it does. It does? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very complicated. It, it is. You're confused because it's confusing. It's confusing for us as practitioners. So, But we, we look at, like the Bible says, look at the fruit. We, looked at, we look at the symptoms. We look at presentation. What is that person doing? And then we apply uh, a treatment based on what they're doing. And the big thing is that cognitive rigidity. Are they willing to look at things from a different perspective? Are they willing to do things differently? If they're not, then you have to do, you have to treat them as the Bible talks about treating someone who is biblically foolish Hmm. or a mocker. Anonymous, thank you so much for your call. Blessings to you today. Let's go to Carrie. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Hi. I actually just wanted to affirm um, the lady that was speaking about the psychiatric disorders, I'm a psych nurse myself, and just listening to the way that you broke down the differences between, you know, the mood disorder versus the behavior disorder versus, you know, and the way that it is biblically, I was like, oh my gosh, it was, you made it so easy to understand. And I've done everything from peds to geriatrics. And I'm telling you, I'm going to adopt your verbiage. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to steal it. Well, you can't steal it because Laurel's like, well, give it to you. You can have it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) When you said that, though, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because we, you know, we tend to overthink things. and, And to try to take it from nurse brain to layman's terms, you know, it's hard to convert it. And when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. God has gifted her. That's why she's with us. Thanks, Carrie. Blessings to you. And thank you you for serving the Lord where he has placed you. That's awesome. Let's go to Anonymous in Tallahassee. Hello, Anonymous. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Um, My question today is um, the person that is bipolar um, there was explanation before about that condition. My question is, is that something that would literally go away after so many years? That's a great question. That, okay, so it doesn't go away. If it's, but if it's biochemical, if it's a mood disorder, it doesn't go away so to say. But you can drastically reduce the symptoms by doing certain things. So with bipolar disorder, it's very, very important that they get on meds that stabilize their moods so that they don't have those those high swings with the the grandiosity where they're um, they're engaging in maybe pressured speech and they're talking a mile a minute and or they're engaging in risky and very impulsive behaviors. Um, they're they're kind of like bulldozers when they're in that phase, and so that's called manic. And then what happens is then the biochemistry starts to change, and then they kind of go down. And when they go down, they can become very irritable, um, 
they can become depressed. It, it just depends on the person. They can become very angry and mean and, and just hateful. And so, um, or they just can't get out of bed and they, and they're just very sad and they, they just can't have any energy. And so it's very important to, to kind of minimize that roller coaster with a medication. Then they can also learn how to renew their mind with truth and kind of, kind of dissociate from those symptoms and say, okay, now, you know, I know I'm in a manic phase, so I need to set guards against that. And so uh, when I worked with a lot of bipolar, what I would do is I would, uh, I would have them chart the mood so that we kind of can see when the swings were going to happen. And then I would, when they weren't in one of those seasons, I would have them make a plan of action. So, okay, when you are in that, that manic phase, what are we going to do so you don't uh, impulsively behave, so you don't engage in self-destructive behaviors? And then also, w when they weren't in a depressive phase, then I would also make a plan with them. Okay, so when you are depressed, your feelings aren't facts. So you need to get out of bed. You need to brush your teeth. You need to take a shower, even if you don't feel like it. You ha And then uh, also if they're very hateful and frustrated, then I work with a lot of calm down skills and anger management. And so I have them make these plans when they're not in that that season. And then we pull it out and we refer to it. So there's lots of things you can do to minimize the symptoms, even though the disorder doesn't go away. We learn so much. Yeah, you know what, yeah. Laura? We learn so much when you're with us. Uh, I agree. You have a gift for uh, putting the cookies on the lower shelf and making it super practical so we can understand it. So thank you for explaining that about bipolar. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. Let's go next to, let's see here, let's go to Anonymous in Tampa. Hello, Anonymous in Tampa. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you for having me. You bet. What would you like to share, or do you have a question? Um, so I, um, I have an apartment ready to go next Friday. And I've been praying about this since, well, since I got married to him. We've been married four years, and I started to see a pattern, you know, of these things starting to come up. And more and more, I started seeing narcissists and, you know, was like checking off boxes as, as a victim and as him. So for Christmas, um, my daughter had told us that we were just, you know, sitting around talking, and she started we talked about different things, and then all of a sudden she got upset, and she mentioned that, you know, she wanted to kill herself. And so, you know, we both talked to her and, you know, calmed her down and everything. So the following week, um, we were in the kitchen, and he walked in when she was saying something about calories, and I was telling her, you don't have to count calories. And then he made, like, a funny joke saying that she was fat. And so, you know, I was like, well, she's, you know, she's going through a lot right now. She has testing coming up and things like that, and he didn't like the fact that I defended her, he has never liked when I defend her. And, and so then he went into the room, went to sleep. And when I went in, um, you know, I was trying to just explain to him, you know, this is my daughter and saying that she's fat at this time of her life, especially what she told us the previous week, you know, and he got angry. 
he told me to get out of the room. He had to get up early in the morning. Um, he threw his ring and he said, I'm done with this effing marriage and it's going nowhere. And, um, and he, you know, it just, it just exploded from there. And then he blocked me for two weeks. Um, we exchanged gifts on Christmas Eve, but when I went to talk to him, he wouldn't talk to me. And so I took him serious and I started to find an apartment for us and got those wheels turning. And, you know, we've talked since then, but he still, you know, he doesn't talk to my daughter. He neglects her um, and he says that it's her fault. And he's been saying this since when we started just dating. But when his three daughters would come around, you know, he's completely different and he's a good father and happy. And But when he's with us, it's like this other person. And I started to see throughout the years, you know, that this might be a narcissistic person. And the other thing is that he just stopped going to church with me and as of May because he thinks that the churches are fake and this and that. And I said, well, you know, we should just go just, just to be, you know, right with God and because it's we were supposed to have fellowship. And um, I've actually... I was, you know, been praying and seeking counseling. And, you know, when I turned on Moody this morning and you guys were talking about it, I had to call in because I, I feel like the Lord is leading me. You know, he's opened the door and the finances and everything, or, you know, I'm getting help so that I can leave, but I love him. And, you know, but then again, it's like, you've been in this before where, you know, he knows that I'm leaving and then he starts like the love bombing, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah this back and forth thing, you know, but then when I ask him about, you know, what do you, I can't choose between you and my daughter, you know, this is where you're putting me. And I text that to him one final time, trying to reach out to him yesterday and he just left me on red. So it's like, and then we, when we went, when we got home yesterday, again, you know, he doesn't say anything to us, no hello, no anything. You know, he said hello to me, but it's just like, it's like living with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when his daughters used to come around we would be a family, but it's tough. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. And I just pray that God gives you divine discernment and strength to uh, continue to set the boundaries with him, because based on what you're saying, that is a lot of narcissistic behavior. Um, it's a lot of biblically foolish behavior. And what, what God says to do is that Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17, you go and you talk to him, you try to work it out between the two of you, you bring the witnesses. If he still won't, won't engage in a plan of change, then you take it to the church. He's refusing to go to the church. And then you do use that redemptive tool of separation, not to punish him, not to even divorce him, but to to say, hey, wait a minute here, uh, I'm going to pull back my presence um, because I want us to have a different marriage. I want you to take this time to work on yourself and figure out what you are doing to contribute to the state of the marriage. I'm going to do the same thing. And, and then we will, I call it a working separation. You do a working separation. So you're both working on yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I say that in a, in a marriage, there's quote, he issues, there's quote, she issues, and there's quote, we issues. And so this is a time for he, him to be working on the he issues, his brokenness that is contributing to the state of the marriage. You do the same thing. Then when you guys are in a more healed place and you have an increased skill set, then you can start to decrease the separation and work on the we issues. So you learn how to resolve conflict and you learn how to problem solve and uh, all of those things. If he is 
if he is a rigid thinker and he doesn't think he needs to change, he doesn't need the church, they're all fake. If he doesn't need Christian counselors, uh, they don't know what they're doing. Um, if he's still treating your daughter with uh, that disrespect and a lack of empathy, uh, not understanding where she's coming from, if he's punishing you with silence by blocking you for two weeks, that is abusive behavior. And if he's not willing to change that, then then using this redemptive tool separation is so very important. And then God will come alongside of you. He will give you strength. He will give you peace. Uh, you're working his plan of action and he will take care of you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. Uh, I've seen it over and over hundreds of times. I've lived it myself. And so I know your pain. I know that place. You just want that marriage to work out. It's it's going to take him um, not being biblically foolish in order to have the marriage that God wants you to have and that you want to have. So um, I just encourage the listeners to pray for you. And Hey, let's do that right now. Laura, why don't yes. you lead us in prayer for Anonymous? Anonymous, is that okay if we pray for you right now? Yes, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are love, and you are everything that we need, Lord. I just lift up this precious, precious caller to you. She needs you so very much. She needs to hear your voice above all voices. I just ask that you decrease her flesh and fill her up with your strength and your guidance and that you bring people into her life that can just lift her up and strengthen her. I ask that um, you give her courage, Lord, to to just invite her husband into a plan of change. But And if he doesn't want to, he does have that free will, Lord, that, that she just take the biblical steps that she needs to take to protect her herself to try to heal the marriage, give her peace that she is doing your work and your will. Please just help her see that with her whole mind and her whole heart, and just let her know how much she is so loved, and and just ask all this in your holy name, Jesus. And please just strengthen her daughter too, Lord. Please just help her daughter see herself through your eyes. I ask all this in your powerful, beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. You're welcome, Amen. Anonymous. Yeah. You hang in there. The Lord is with you. He is near. He sees mm-hmm. everything. Let's go to Michael in Hudson. Hey, good morning, and thank you, and um, aren't we all broken people, and thank you that uh, our Heavenly Father, He uh, has a Savior for us. Um, Amen. My situation is a little different. Uh, I'm a supervisor, and one of my employees uh, is a narcissist. And it, it's a bit challenging because this individual feels that they can't do anything wrong. And when I um, address it, then, again, the narcissism kicks in and makes makes me feel like it's my fault. <laughs> mm. And so, Laura, just um, would would ask some uh, help on what I can do dealing with this situation. And, and that's a difficult one, Michael, but praise God, you are actually in a position where you have a lot of leverage. And so... Uh, First of all, you're recognizing 
the patterns. You're recognizing two two key things that he is refusing to see his negative contributions to the work. He is he is not willing to look at it from a different perspective. He's not willing to admit what he's doing and and make changes. And then the second thing is if you are walking away feeling like you're the one at fault, then he's using language that is gaslighting you. So you're uh, in your mind, in your heart, you're accepting responsibility that he needs to be taking. So if you can kind of see in your mind that you've got to hand that responsibility for changing his productivity back to him, then you use that leverage that you have as a person of authority. And so you, whatever your company policy is, um, that maybe you give him a verbal warning, uh, then maybe you give him a written warning, then maybe you put him on a PIP, a performance improvement plan. And then if he still chooses with his free will not to see his contributions um, or the, the deficits of wh- whatever he's doing, then do you, you can let him go. You see, the, the same biblical process, Matthew, uh, that Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17, it applies in, in all circumstances. It applies in a marriage. It applies in the workforce. It applies even in the school system. Um, it applies with domestic violence where we, we tell someone to stop, and, and then if they don't, then the witnesses, the police come, and the police tell them to stop. And, and then if he still continues to abuse as a pattern, then you can get the church involved. You see, so the, this, um, in the school system, the, the same thing, like you tell a bully to stop. If the bully won't stop, then the child tells the bully to stop, and the, the bully won't stop, then he gets the teacher. If the teacher, if the bully still won't stop, the teacher gets the parents. If the bully still won't stop bullying after the parents get involved, the principal gets involved. And if the bully still won't stop, then the bully gets uh, gets either suspended or and then eventually expelled you see but like matthew matthew 18 15 through 17 is so powerful and so beautiful it can apply to your circumstance as well michael i hope that helps uh, oh gosh yeah very, very good and um i just uh, thank you she is, she has actually complained to hr that it's a hostile work environment and um, like you stated, she does not see that it's that uh, she is actually the issue and is yeah. gaslighting yes. other employees. So. Uh-huh. That's a and classic I, I would also, situation, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. And I would also, in that particular case, um, I would I would document, document, oh, document. Yeah. That's good. So um, you can take that to HR. And so, you know, even though this person is saying this is, and you want to stick to the facts, you know, I, I confronted on this and this is what happened. I, I, I said this and this is what happened. And so then HR can kind of see her pattern. Thank you so much, Michael. Blessings to you. And Laurel, thank you for coming back and being with us here. You are a part of our community and you help out so many people. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I love you guys. Love Anytime. Thanks for listening to Curtain Gate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. 
And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.